Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, this is our second one back. We're kind of getting back into the flow. This first one was a little iffy, I think. I messed up my mic, or you messed up my mic on purpose. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, I'm excited to be back. Today we have a very exciting guest for me, and it is the 2021 Candace Dunn Parole Probation Agent of the Year, Sharon Rimson. So this is a big one for me, Chris. Yeah, me too. What yeah. are you saying? Well, FOA. I got the FOA love. Yeah, you know? All right. Uh, Annie's out state too. So. Yeah, Annie's out state. That's right. That's right. So... Uh, welcome to Field Day, Sharon. We appreciate you coming on and talking about yourself. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so I, I guess let's just kick this right off here and, and let's talk about you. So you are an agent at the uh, Berrien County Probation Office over there in St. Joe. And talk about your career. Where, where, what brought you to where you're at right now? I've been with the department for uh, approximately 14 years. been with the state for approximately a total of 18. I, I did a lot of uh, things in juvenile court um, out, out of college, and then I kind of graduated into uh, the adult arena. I uh, did juvenile probation here locally in Berrien County uh, for our county. Position came open, and it struck my interest for uh, a parole position uh, here locally in Berrien County. So I decided to just throw my name in the hat and see what happens. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it took a couple interviews for me to get there. Finally, on the on the third interview. I finally got offered a position, and it's uh, and accepting that position is uh, uh, something I, I don't regret. I, I, I really enjoy uh, working in this field. Uh, I spent uh, approximately six years at the parole office in Benton Harbor, where I started off just supervising a general caseload, and then after about two years with the department, I received and was assigned a, a specialized caseload uh, to supervise sex offenders. When RSOP first started, for the department, residential sex offender programming at KPEP, uh, I was the uh, the first agent to have that caseload. So that presented a, a challenge in itself mm-hmm. uh, because it was something new. I had an opportunity to kind of shape it into how uh, I wanted it to be. After about, again, after about six years in parole, uh, I decided that I wanted to try to catch vendors on the other end. Uh, I wanted to work with individuals who had not yet been to prison or had an opportunity to be in the community under supervision. So an opening came up, uh, was at Bering Probation here in St. Joe, and I transferred over, and I've, I've really enjoyed my time here in yeah. uh, and, and St. Joe. And again, I'm supervising these, the same caseload here, the sex offender caseload. Right. So. Well, I tell you what, it may have taken you three interviews to get the job, but I tell you, we, not only are we better off for having you um, with us, but so are the probably hundreds or thousands of people that you have supervised, you know, are, are better off because of what you have done. So, I, listen, I, I, I'm excited that we, we took you after three interviews eventually. But so I, I guess what you, you did juvenile probation. Do you find the adult probation side of this equally more or less satisfying, you know, rewarding? I, I find it equally satisfying. Um, un, un, unfortunately, you know, when I first came over to probation and even when I was over in parole, uh, you know, some of the offenders that I had supervised on juvenile probation had made their way over right. uh, to probation parole. You know, in, in juvenile probation, we worked not only with the 
you know, the, the, the children that were on probation, but we work with the parents as well. And that's something that has transitioned over to uh, Department of Corrections. Yeah, I may supervise an adult offender, but I'm providing resources, suggestions, advice, not only for that offender that's on my case, though, but, you know, other people that's in their support network or in their house as right. well. So yeah. it's, it's kind of the same. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's that's a that's a very good point is, you know, that's what we do. We teach new skills to change behavior. Right. To to make you know so people don't do the same thing they've always done. And, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that you said that you provide resources not only to the people you supervise, but to, you know, the people that you're helping. The impact that you have is not only on them, it's their family, their their kids, their friends. So very well said. So here's my next question. How did you find out that you were even nominated or that you won this prestigious Agent of the Year award? Uh, we had a staff meeting, and we had several guests at our virtual staff meeting. Oh, I see. Uh, I was there. I, I was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you were. Uh, so I was, I was really uh, caught off guard and, and surprised at the fact that I was, number one, nominated, and that I was, uh, number two, chosen as the Candace Dunn Agent of the Year for 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess twofold is, what did that mean to you? to be nominated and win and then two like what does this job mean to you i know you take it you know this is a very serious job and you do a wonderful wonderful um service to the people that you supervise so you know what does this job mean to you and the impact that you can have on human beings and then two what was it like what was your feelings after you knew you were nominated and won what did it mean to you i mean this job is is, is not yes yeah, a job but i don't really see it as a job because i really enjoy what i do each and every day you know i enjoy coming to work i enjoy having the opportunity to make an impact on uh, not only the offenders, but, you know, I've discovered that I've made made an impact not only on the offenders, but, you know, coworkers and uh, court personnel as well. You know, uh, this job and how I've carried myself since the day that I was hired by the Department of Corrections, uh, I kind of look at it as I spent a lot of time in the community, you know, during work hours, after work hours, do uh, several things, you know, socially. And I just make sure that, you know, the, the individuals that I'm supervising, if they by chance happen to see me, you know, out in the community, uh, I try to uh, be a role model for the individuals that I supervise. And I always try to, you know, represent the department uh, the best way that I can. Perfect example would be a couple of years ago, I played in a, um, it was a, an adult men's basketball league for individuals 35 and older. and. I'm sure there were people there that were either in the audience watching the game or even playing in the league that that may have been on, you know, some form of supervision currently or in the past. Uh, And I just tried to make sure and I kept telling myself, you know, Sharon, if a bad call is made, if the ref, uh, if you don't agree with the ref, you just got to make sure you model that appropriate behavior. So, you know, I just tried to uh, show those individuals that, you know, yeah, you, you may not always get the call that you think you should get. Uh, or it may be a bad call, but you got to make sure you respond in uh, the correct way. Because I never knew or never wanted someone to say, well, oh, I saw Agent Remsen. <laughs> Agent Remsen was, you know, uh, directing profanity at refs or getting upset and arguing with refs. But I just made sure uh, in that league and anytime I'm out outside in the community or in the public eye, I just try my best to uh, represent not only my family in the right way, uh, but I also want to represent this department. Uh, in the right way as well. As far as what this award means to me, it was, I'm not going to say difficult, because most people that know know me knows that, you know, I just do what I do, and I don't 
you know, I'm really quiet. I, I don't talk a lot. I, I, I don't like when the spotlight is, is shining on me. Uh, I just like to do my work and I like to go home and I like to move on. So that has been kind of the adjustment with, with getting this award is that, you know, I, I have found out how much uh, people appreciate uh, not only the work that I do, but the work that's done out of our office. No, that's, that's great. That's a great answer. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you comport yourself that way, especially when you're playing basketball, because when, when Greg's playing basketball, he turns into Draymond Green uh, when a call doesn't go his way. So I'm glad that uh, that you uh, have the compunction to uh, to act appropriately. So that that's good. That's why you won the award and why, why Greg uh, never has. So that's good. Uh, you, you touched on it a little bit, but I, I'm wondering if you could just talk about you know your mindset when it comes to your caseload and how you approach you know, the individuals that you're about to supervise and, you know, how you, how you coach them, how you work them through. Obviously they're coming to you at a very difficult time in their life and you're trying to not only get them through their immediate thing, but also try to get them to the point where you, the parole office isn't going to be dealing with them, you know, down the road or the, the prison. How, how do you, how do you walk into those, you know, those first meetings and, and throughout the, the time you're with them? Well, generally my, my first meeting after sentencing with uh, the probationers that I supervise is what I consider most most important meeting throughout their supervision is that very first interaction. You know, the, the individuals that I supervise, you know, the majority of them, 90% of them, have the longest probation term that's possible, just that five-year probation term. And they're with me for a while. So I want them to know going in that, yeah, you just went through a very difficult situation. Yeah, you may have a, you know, a, a bad taste in your mouth about judicial system or about anybody that you've had contact with. But, you know, I try to tell them that I didn't, I'm not judging you because of what I read about you on paper. I'm gonna judge you based on how we interact with one another during this probation term. And I asked them to treat me, you know, the same way. During that initial orientation, I probably have the longest orientations in our office because I'm bringing in, you know, that's their opportunity to bring in their support network. I allow them to bring in their family, their spouses, Anybody that appeared with them at court is in their support network. If the offender agrees, I'll allow them to sit in on the initial orientation. That way I can ask questions right in the beginning and answer questions right in the beginning with the offenders in their support network. I mean, we review everything. And that way I want to make sure that not only am I on the same page with my offender, but I would like their support network to also be on the, on the same page uh, as well. Coaching and the, the coaching uh, process that has been the way I've done uh, or supervised my caseload since I've been supervising offenders, even in juvenile court, even now to the adults. I'm always looking for ways to talk to them about their successes, as well as, you know, as a coach, there's times where you need to tweak the game plan. And there's times where I've had offenders come in and uh, I've had to tweak their game plan uh, in the middle of their probation supervision. Perfect example well, was just yesterday I had a situation happened where got an anonymous call about an offender and got the offender in the office and she had told me that she was going through some things relationship-wise with uh, her significant other and because of some concerns not only that the anonymous caller provided but some concerns that I also had I had to explain to her that look I'm not punishing you by having this conversation with you I'm not punishing you for having you to come in and report to me today when it's not your report day I just told her it's time for us to change your game plan because we got to make sure that we make the proper adjustments to prevent you from engaging in behavior that got you sent to her office or sent to my office or placed on probation in the first place. 
What, what about when it comes to uh, employment? How do you approach you know that aspect and trying to ensure that you're, the folks that you're supervising are looking for work, or, or, or and then if they do are, are able to find a job that they can continue in that job? Or you I mean are you doing a lot of worksite visits? How much of your time is spent trying to help them find that, or do you you know look for, look to them to try to, to to lead that part of it, or what's your involvement there? Uh, as far as uh, employment, the way I supervise my case, so I try really hard not to interfere with the employment process as far as making work site visits, stuff like that. The reason is, is because, you know, I, I tell my offender, you know, once I verify your employment and you're providing the check stubs or, you know, you're providing me with all your boss's information, I don't want to do anything extra that may make an employer feel, hey, I'm tired of talking to your probation officer once a month or twice a month or, uh, or him visiting me, visiting you in the field or in the office wherever they're working at. So I kind of try to stay away from that. I do have several employers, though, that they're hiring. Uh, they'll call me directly and, and say, hey, Remsen, you know, I, I need two, three people. Do you have anybody in mind? And, and, and the reason that those employers has done that is because of relationships that I've established with them since uh, my days back in parole. And they know that if I send them somebody, that that person is going to be somebody that's going to work and, and going to work really hard at not, not only maintaining that job, but also with, uh, you know, being appropriate when they're on the work site. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, unfortunately, like I said, I don't do a lot of uh, employment site visits, but like I said, I have a lot of employers that know me, that call me if they ever have questions sure. and stuff like that. Sure. When we when we looked back at the, you know the packet for when you were nominated and, and eventually won, one of the things that was referenced was this uh, resource binder that you had created that not only folks in your office use but the courts and everyone. And I wonder if you could just for our listeners who aren't familiar with that, just briefly describe kind of what's in that and why people use it. And then I'm wondering, since because we're now a year or so after you won the award, I'm wondering if any other offices have reached out to you to ask to see if if there's something that that's something that they could emulate or if you've had any reactions to that. All right, I'll answer the second question first. Um, no, I haven't had anybody reach out to me and ask me about the resource binder. Uh, but what the resource binder is, is, you know, uh, when we have court days, sentencing days, the agents that are in, in court are not the agents that wrote the PSIs. Yeah, we review the PSIs to make sure that we can answer any question that comes up during sentencing. But, you know, I found myself in a position a couple times where I didn't know the answer to a question when the judge acts during court, uh, there was one occasion where I believe I had to take had to take a short recess so I can go find out the answer to the question and then come back and provide that answer to the court so that they can sentence appropriately. Uh, you know, after that happened, uh, I decided I need to do something different. Uh, and what I did is, you know, every time anything new, any policy changes came out, I print them all out. I put them inside this resource binder. Uh, there's the sentencing guidelines in the resource binder. There's a SAI eligibility brochure in the in a, uh, resource binder. Basically, in this binder, if there's any question that's asked in court, it, it can be answered because of the information that I've I, I placed in that binder. And some of the information made it to the binder not because it was an issue that was presented to me, but it could have been an issue that maybe one of my other coworkers encountered in court. So again, I just made sure I put all that information in the resource binder so that that way, again, we can be prepared and professional during court. There have been defense attorneys, there have been prosecutors that have said, hey, let me look at this real quick in your binder to, to, to get a question answered, or I can answer a question, and they'll be like, hey, can I see it in writing? So again, it's right there for them to see it, not only 
hear it verbally, but to also see it in writing as well. Uh, I, I will say, though, because of COVID and us working remotely for a long time, that resource binder is now due to be updated, and I, I haven't got the time yet to, to fully update the binder. Well, that's all right. You, you, you won the award. You're good. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, just one of the many reasons why you were the Candace Dunn Agent of the Year. But I want to go back to, real quick, I want to go back to one of your answers where, you, where we talked about coaches, right? And I, and I know you were at, on June 1st, we had a meeting in Region 8, which is, includes Berrien County. We'll be piloting the implementation of the coaching model, which we, Chris and I have had on field days, Brian Lovins, who really came up with this coaches versus ref philosophy. And, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing that to Michigan. So if you want to go back and hear a little bit about that, that is, that's on a previous podcast with Brian Lovins um, and would urge everybody to go back and listen to that. But we had a meeting because we're going to implement this now in your region, we're going to pilot it. So you had a chance to go to a meeting with Brian Lovins where he presented on all of this. And I want to get your thoughts because you talked about being a coach and, you know, you're changing game plans here and, you know, walking with people, understanding that they're going to fail and it's okay. And we're going to get back up. We're going to try again. Um, but I'm going to hold you accountable too, right? Like a coach. So you were at that meeting. I want to get your take on what you think about all this, this, this uh, philosophy. First and foremost, I want to say that that meeting with Dr. Lovins was probably uh, one of the best trainings, conference, seminars, whatever you want to call it. That was one of the best things that I've been a part of uh, with this department. Very inf- informational, very informative. I was glad I attended. I was glad the information was presented to us. I like the direction that you know the department is going and as it relates to that coach versus referee um, mind frame because it kind of goes hand in hand with how you know I, I've, I've been kind of uh, supervising my caseload and some others that I know of have supervised theirs. But 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 yes, that 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 meeting was very impactful on me, to, if if I can be honest. And I even went home and told my wife, I was like, I got to go see if that guy got books out there because I want to read books that Dr. Lovins wrote. Yeah. Because like I said, I, I really, I really, truly enjoyed that presentation by Dr. Lovins. Well, I mean, that means a lot coming from you, I think, especially you, to say that it had that much impact on you. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, and it's more than just the way that we think about, as an agent, think about the job and the way that we treat people. It's, it's an organizational change, right? It's, it's the way that we think about staff and the way that we kind of do this job in a new way. So I'm excited for this to roll out in Region 8. I think, you know, staff and agents like you and with your mindset and, you know, like you said, I've been doing this for years, and this is just, it's good that it's coming around, and it's called something now, but I've been doing it for years, but it's, you know, so I'm glad that you're, you know, that you're enjoying this, because I think this is this is the right way to go. And finally, I'll let you go on this. I will tell you that when, and Chris, I don't think you, you weren't there. I'm not sure why you weren't there, but you weren't there when Deputy Director Marlin gave Sharon his his award, right? It was in, We went down to Berrien County, went to the, went to the uh, probation office in the county building, wonderful, beautiful building down there. And Deputy Director Marlin brought everybody into a conference room and presented Sharon with his award. I will say this, Sharon, if you don't know what you mean to people, it shows when you have some kind of ceremony like this and to see the people that come, right? You didn't have just your staff there with, you know, five people. Oh, Sharon got an award. Good. Yay. You had all of your staff came in that day, I think, for the most part. There was tons of staff there, not only from probation, but from parole. And not only that, but you had the sheriff there, you had judges there, you had the prosecutor there, and they were, they could not have been more supportive of you and the person that you are. So if you don't know what people think about you or what you mean to people, 
have a ceremony and see who shows up. Because I, I can tell you, that county loves you and what you do. And it was very apparent that day because you had support from across many, many agencies, um, which speaks to the person that you are. So huge congrats again. Yeah, I mean, well-deserved, earned, all the, all the words that I could say about you. You know, it's, it's, it's very exciting. And uh, we really appreciate you coming and taking time to talk to us on field days about your awards. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Chris. Well, you know, um, it's our second podcast back season, season seven, I think is what we came up with here. So, um, you know, what a great interview. I loved, I loved this interview because not only is, you know, Sharon, um, just a humble person who, you know, wants no accolades, but does this job the right way. And it's even more special that, you know, this interview is going out on free trial, parole, probation, supervision week, uh, actually known as PPO week or parole, probation agent week, you know, because we have a thousand agents, you know, like Sharon out there who, you know, who just take this job seriously and, and want to be a coach and they want to help human beings, you know, live a, live a fulfilled and, and productive life. And I think you, know, you can't underscore that enough. And Sharon is a great example of that. Yeah, no, exactly. I, Thought it was a really great interview too, and uh, it, like you said, it's perfect that it's PPS week because it's a great way to honor all of our great F-Boy staff who are big listeners uh, of the podcast, uh, and many of them will get to see uh, you and and Deborah and Marlon. I, I think this week, because you guys will all be out uh, touring around the state, right? You're right, Chris. Uh, Deputy Director Marlon, myself, uh, ADD Beverly Smith, are all out. You know, trying to really show our appreciation for what uh, the staff do, and we're visiting lots of offices this week. You're right. Well, very, very cool. Maybe somebody so will invite um, me on those trips. You, well, no, you, you're not invited. No, absolutely not. But I will throw you uh, a little shout-out here, right? So I, I hear, you know, we, we, we do want your shout-outs. And I, if you read the email that, that that comes out with these podcasts, you'll see how to do a shout-out. And I think it's important, you know, if you want to recognize a coworker, a supervisor, um, anyone in the MDOC that you think is doing a standout job, and you want to give them a shout-out on the podcast, here's how to do it, right, Chris? Yep, exactly, yep. Look in the in the info uh, that, that we provide in, in the in the email when it goes out. But certainly you can just if you have a shout out, send them to the askmdoc at michigan.gov email address. And I had one that came up just a couple weeks ago that I wanted to share, sort of as an example uh, for staff who are wondering maybe you know we have a lot of new employees since we've had the podcast back, and so they may not understand what what a shout out is because it's been a few years. So this is a shout out I'd like to give to an officer at Carson City Correctional Facility who actually just retired just a few weeks ago. But when I was looking back and doing some prep, it turns out he was on the podcast about three years ago when a whole bunch of staff from Carson City and Warden Rewards uh, came into the office and they did a podcast about all their great recruitment efforts that they're doing. That's right. And actually, this officer was one of those individuals who was on the podcast and his name was Chad Cunningham. And the reason that I'm shouting him out is because a few weeks ago, we had a TV film crew that was out at Carson City to do some brief filming uh, outside, uh, out in the parking lot. And normally these things, when these things happen, you know, we set them up and then I never hear anything back. Or something bad happens and then somebody's complaining to me. I never hear about when something good happens. You know, the people usually don't chime in. Like, as we all know, most people tend not to tell us when something good happens. They, they want to complain when something bad happens. Well, in this case, this producer was very, very... Uh, over the moon about how he was, he and his staff were treated, and he particularly singled out uh, Officer Cunningham, who he said was very helpful, uh, was a great ambassador, uh, went above and beyond to, uh, to help them. And so I reached out to the facility and I shared that with them, and I and I thanked them for having such a great officer. And what I was told by Warden Rewards and the AA there 
was that actually that day that he did that was his last day before he retired. That he retired that day, and not only was was it his last day, it was a Saturday, and he was working a double shift on his last day of work with the MDOC on a Saturday, and yet he still took the time to be a great uh, ambassador for, for the department. He went above and beyond. He left a super positive impression with everyone that he was around, and it left a really great uh, example for these individuals who this is the first time they'd ever experienced anything with the MDOC, to have someone who was just so uh, positive and, and helpful that really spoke volumes to that. So I really appreciate Officer Cunningham, not only for his work that day, but for also for his 27 years of service with the MDOC. I believe he worked at Ionia, and then the last 10 years or so or more was been in Carson City. So uh, I'm I'm very sure that he has probably left a great impression on all the staff that are there and all the officers that remain. And I have no doubt that not only with his um, with the, the impression that he made, but also uh, Warden Rewards and his leadership there. He's a great warden. That they have a really great staff there at Carson City, and it's just really great to hear when we see officers and staff just kind of go above and beyond, especially, I can't believe it, on your last day working a double yeah. on a Saturday. It's really, really cool. Well, that is that is very, very cool, and, you know, that's that's a great shout-out. So, you know, what a great example of, you know, what, what we're looking for. It doesn't have to be that in-depth at all. It can just be, hey, I work with such-and-such, and they really do an amazing job, and here's why. So, appreciate that. Yeah, huge, huge congrats to uh, Officer Cunningham for his 27 years of service, and you're right, on your last day, Talk about going out in style. There you go. There you go. So, all right. Well, you know what it is. Are we hashtagging this? What's the hashtag for this? We're using Twitter. Hashtag PPPS Week. Is that what it is? No, you're the, you're the F-way guy. You're, you're the, the hip. Uh, yeah, I think we should go with that. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think that's what they use. Um, so, APPA Did sets you say the youths? What's that? Did you say youths? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I, APPA sets this up, but I think that's what they use is hashtag PPPS Week. So if you're going to be on Twitter, out and about, uh, taking some you know, photos and talking about your staff, make sure you use the hashtag and uh, it'll go uh, it'll go viral. So, you know, we appreciate all the all the field staff out there this week, especially because it is it is a week to recognize the very 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 hard, difficult, awesome, amazing, phenomenal, tremendous work that they all do on a daily basis. So I'll leave it at that, Chris. You got anything else? No, other than to say, look forward look forward to uh, next week's episode. Yeah, so stay tuned to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays.